Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Listen, all you New Yorkers. Excuse me. Taxi. Okay, we're looking around. This is the 77 WABC minicast. I have no idea what this show is about. When I say that, I don't mean just today. I mean in general. I mean, there are other shows that are very easily defined. Uh, you listen to some shows and you could tell uh, the, the, that show is about sports. Uh, this show is about uh, politics. This show is about uh, how to get women to sleep with you. Uh, this show is about uh, gardening. This show is about cars. This is a show I like to try to talk about everything, and I hope that people respond. But if I were to try to boil down the overall theme of this show, I think it would be this is a show about having conversations and helping people have conversations and promoting the cause of free speech wherever applicable. I try to have, you know, as Bob Grant used to say, a free and open exchange of ideas and of opinions with callers. I like to have guests on that uh, represent a broad spectrum of interests and views. I don't know of another radio show. Well, I don't want to say another radio show. I don't know of many radio shows that will go from having comedic dentists to law professors on and in my in my experience that's not an unusual thing for us that's monday we do stuff like that regularly and i'm very interested in having conversations and we have two guests on that are going to fit that bill but i'm particularly interested in having conversations with school and in school and helping people have conversations with one another And we delved into this when it was time to deal with Thanksgiving relatives with whom you may have differing views. Helping people have conversations with one another that don't turn into screaming matches and having conversations with one another that are meaningful, especially with whom you disagree. There was a very interesting article in uh, Chalkbeat that I read yesterday. I don't know if you're familiar with Chalkbeat, but basically it's a uh, news source that covers education. And it's uh, primarily New York-based, but it's not exclusive to New York. This particular article was uh, about New York, but I think this could be replicated in any city in America, maybe the world. And you have many New York City teenagers that are very interested in what's going on in the Middle East right now. You have both Muslim and Jewish students that told this publication, Chalkbeat, that they've noticed an uptick in hurtful and derogatory comments from classmates at school or over social media. And this has been borne out in a state review that found that both Islamophobic and anti-Semitic rhetoric have each jumped by more than 400 percent on social media since the Hamas attack on Israel on October 7th. Students, meanwhile, are glued to their phone. They're trying to keep up with an endless stream of often graphic social media content 
about this ongoing war while attempting to sift through a barrage of conflicting information and viewpoints. And it's scary to be teenagers and dealing with anti-Semitism and Islamophobia and not necessarily knowing how you can get true information about this. School can feel like one of the few safe places to make sense of the Israel-Hamas war, to learn about the historical underpinnings of the crisis and try in some small way to take action. But here's what's interesting. In New York, and I imagine this is true in other school systems around the country, schools are taking divergent approaches to navigating conversations about the war, and in some cases, largely avoiding it. This is what Chalkbeat is reporting based on interviews they've done with educators and students at six schools. At some high schools, particularly large ones, pressure to keep up with fast-paced curriculums, fears about further inflaming tensions, and caution about steering clear of political landmines, especially after a warning from the school's chancellor, David Banks, to keep personal views out of the classroom, have made it difficult to create dedicated spaces to talk about the war. That's not me saying this. That's what both students and teachers told Chalkbeat, one senior at Midwood High School in Brooklyn. It's kind of like an elephant in the room for many students. There haven't been any discussions in classes. Think about that. We are at a time when some of the most significant events in maybe a century or close to it are unfolding right now that have the potential to envelop the whole world into war. And students, when they learn about history, when they learn about current events, when they, I don't even know if you still learn about current events, when you learn about civic affairs, when you learn about geography, they're not even being taught it. And the students are telling folks they are interested in learning. This is a major problem. I'd love to know from you, what do we do about this? I remember, and and now, look, it has implications on the presidential election as well. Poll after poll is saying that both young voters and Palestinian voters, both of, or Muslim voters that were otherwise sympathetic to Biden, they're abandoning him because they don't like what he's done on the uh, Israel stuff, uh, the Israel question. So how do you even have a discussion about the presidential race when you're not talking about one of the key factors in what may make or break the outcome for the incumbent? This is ludicrous. We're now in a place where schools are afraid to teach current events and world affairs. Now, I recognize that this is much easier said than done. And in practice, how do you uh, teach current events without being heckled for what your sources are or whether you're showing a pro Gaza, uh, pro-Palestinian bias or a pro-Israeli bias? But if we're in a place where children who want to learn about complicated geopolitical issues can't even learn about it in school, we're in a bad place. My question for you is, what do we do about this? What do we do about this? 800-848-9222. How can you have conversations about controversial current events 
in school while adhering to Chancellor Banks's dictum to keep personal views out of the classroom. How do you even talk about current events when all there's all this pressure to keep up with fast-paced curriculums? Um, I find this very disheartening. One Brooklyn Tech staffer told Chalkbeat, it's very sensitive and no one wants to get written up or lose their job. No one wants to say anything because no one wants to get into trouble. You know, we, we've spent a lot of time talking on this program about policing, the so-called Ferguson effect, the so-called Freddie Gray effect, the so-called Eric Garner effect. And basically, and this is an over, oversimplification, but basically it's a, it's a result of seeing high-profile incidents, police officers are afraid to do their job because they don't want to get caught on video doing the wrong thing. They don't want to get written up. They don't want to get sued. They don't want to get indicted. So they tend to look the other way, and they just keep walking. What I didn't realize fully, I mean, I guess I had a vague understanding of it because I do have a lot of friends that are teachers and assistant principals, but and a couple of principals. What I didn't realize is that we're at a point where not just this issue, but I think this issue might be the greatest crystallization of it. Teachers are afraid to do their job. Teachers are afraid to teach. What kind of a world are we living in where cops are afraid to be cops and teachers are afraid to teach? What's next? Firefighters afraid to put out fires? Sanitation workers afraid to pick up trash? So the education department did provide school leaders with a resource guide to help them work with their staff to support instruction based on facts about the war in the Middle East, as well as resources on supporting students during this tough time. But uh, at one Brooklyn high school, students were frustrated by the lack of opportunities to talk about the conflict during the school day. They organized an after-school meeting supervised by teachers at school between Jewish and Muslim student groups. They planned to invite expert speakers to give students more background, according to a student who helped organize the events and spoke anonymously for fear of retaliation. See, even the students are afraid to be known. 